so just made nervous. Even if I knew nothing else about David at all, the fact that he has a BB gun that's modeled to look like a real gun, uh-huh. he's without hesitation fires at a wild animal. Yep. Like, there's a reason why harming animals is considered a warning sign. Yep, and I think yes. they very strongly pulled on that, this book. Yes, absolutely. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. We get, we get more about his specific insight next book. I it's hate gross. that phrasing, Danielle. So <laughs> God. It's, uh, oh, mm, I really, I cannot wait for you to read it. I'm probably going to read it immediately after finishing this one, which is why when we scheduled it for like October 2nd, I'm like, okay. Look, we can try and get something <laughs> earlier, but it's going to have to be on like a Friday night or something. I'm happy to not wait. <laughs> but like, yeah. that was literally the first weekend that we're both free yeah, yeah. next. I could probably do a Friday at some point, but I don't want to yeah. make you stay oh. up till like two o'clock in the morning. Quickly. Jade, there is a specific moment in the next mm. book that I specifically remember little, I don't know, nine year old me throwing my book across the room. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm. I messaged you about that, Jen. And <laughs> sobbing on the couch for a solid. 30 minutes. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. I was so upset. Danielle, what are you doing? What are you doing Labor Day? Uh, like Monday? Yeah. Nothing. I could record after work. Hell yes. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. I got time. I could read book. I could read the book tomorrow. It'll be fine. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Then we can record. Yeah, I'm gonna also read immediately after recording. <laughs> it's honestly like it's it's so much. Things go downhill so like you think things are bad in this book, cool. they yes. go downhill so fast. Oh my god. Okay, well I suppose we should dive back into this book. <laughs> I'm really excited now. Mm-hmm. So we get okay. yeah. the info dump to David, <laughs> and just like what yurks are and what their deal is. The reveal that Jake immediately offers the information that his brother is one. Um, just without prompting. Like, yeah. Mm, okay. But, um, and Marco cuts in after his, or doesn't cut in and follows that by pointing out that so are, are David's parents. Yeah. Um, Cassie is pissed at him for and saying Jake. that. And Jake. Yeah. And Marco's just like, he needs to understand. And, um, maybe, maybe not, but David seems to appreciate because he like focuses on Marco and just mm-hmm. like, okay, so what about my mum and dad? Yeah. So Marco lays it out for him about what the deal with the blue box was. And, um, and David assumes like torture. Yeah. Um, cause he doesn't really understand. And how could he? And Marco lays out the infestation process. Yeah. Describing in detail the Yerk pool and everything. Cassie tries to cut him off and tries to stop him, like hopes that he'll listen to her, but he just goes on describing. He holds nothing back. Yeah. And he is just like fully laying out and he just goes and stands right next to David and just lays it out. 
full details and then about every single step yeah and then what it's the feeling of being yerked and david listens and um he does and marco doesn't realize it at first that uh, david has started to cry or at least his eyes have started to well up mm-hmm. um marco sort of like comes back to himself yeah but because he really wasn't thinking about david's mother he was seeing as he described that it was his own yeah and trauma trauma um but he's he admits out loud that um his mum's a controller and jake sort of intercedes a little because like so like there's a lot to tell you um i can see that marco's right you need to know this isn't a game this isn't this is life and death this is the future of the whole human race it's too late to help your parents and as of now you've got no home and you can't go back to school you do they'll find you and it'll be you taking the long that long walk down the steel pill uh the steel pier and david's expression darkens and he's getting angry mm-hmm. and also in denial because mm-hmm. he's like this can't be right it's got to be a trick those people were in costumes uh cassie points out he saw this three morph which he misreads as kisser three jake just gently corrects that which i mm-hmm. really like as a detail mm-hmm. um and <laughs> marco looks to rachel who apparently already looks like she's regretting her vote um acts demorphs um at jake's, at jake's introduction yeah i mean it's not a request he just tells him to do it Mm-hmm. Um, um, Ak starts demorphing and David freaks out uh, and goes to run and Rachel just grabs him and puts him back on the uh, hay bale just like with like you'll get used to it um, and they introduce Ax properly as himself I love this he's an Andalite the Andalites are the good guys of the galaxy and then Marco, well, mostly anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the lights um, are dicks. And the lights are dicks. Uh, but David's shaking. And Marco's like, yeah. I don't know how much he was absorbing. I felt like laughing because it feels ridiculous. Just like, I felt like laughing. I mean, it was insane, of course. This poor kid is minding his own business one minute and suddenly he's in the middle of but come to think of it, that's just what happened to all of us back one night when we walked through the empty construction site. Back then, I hadn't even wanted anything to do with being an animorph. Jake hadn't wanted to be a leader. Cassie had just wanted to hug trees and take care of her animals. Tobias was a lost, messed up kid looking for someone to care about him, a human kid. Rachel? Well, I personally think Rachel was glad to see her life go this way. Rachel always was a warrior hiding inside a fashion queen. How would David deal with it all? Would he resist like I had? Would he embrace it like Rachel? And it's just the insight there is it's very good. Yep. And I highlighted this in the doc. This this moment is extremely important when we're considering what I think is the kind of thesis question of the whole trilogy. Um, because in, at the end of it, all of the Animorphs had to deal with this 
granted, they had a much longer introduction period, and they've learned a lot of things along the way. But at the end of the day, they were faced with the same choices that he is going to face, and they did it without support. They, they also did it while, for the most part, being able to maintain their lives, though. It's like, true. They didn't lose yeah. their homes and their families. Right. They haven't def- even talked about what they're going to actually do with David just, like, physically. Like, right. you know, we, we see him staying over at Jake and Marco's house the next couple of days, but it's like, what can they even do with him? He's a 13, 14-year-old kid. Right. But, right. Like, yeah, like, I, I can have a certain amount of sympathy, but also, like... The kids had no instructions. Mm-hmm. Nobody who could talk to them in a way that they would understand it. Yeah. They have to keep secrets from their parents. David doesn't. That's true. Too. Like, yeah. I think there are things that are tragic about both parties' situations. Yeah. yeah. For yes. sure. Yeah. And it's those differences and maybe how that reflects in what cho- choices are made. And why they do it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, they chose to do it. Mm-hmm. And we sort of were with Jake. We get to know why. We don't get a book from David's perspective. No. We don't know why he agreed. To th- I mean, he didn't really have a choice. He was either you do this or you're going to die. Yeah. The kids yeah. opted in. Yes. Granted, yeah, they may David have felt really obliged. They but, chose for David. He, he can't say no, really. Yeah. But I can understand completely how that might lead to either A, resentment, or B, entitlement. Just like, mm-hmm. okay, you gave this to me. I'm going to do it then. I'm going to do what I fucking want with it because I didn't choose this. Yes. So I'm going to make of this what I want. <laughs> More extra fun, <laughs> resentment and entitlement. Yeah. Danielle did the chuckle they do, guys. Dear listeners, (laughs) drink when Danielle does that fucking chuckle (laughs) that fills my heart with fear. (laughs) But Uh, it's just, it's very good. And and like I said, the fact that Marco is being very, I feel like, in the same way that we are, is being both critical and gracious towards David at once in, in this musing. Just like, yes. oh, it's a lot. Oh, but it was a lot for us too. But oh, I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like that yeah. back and forth in himself. Yeah. Because he is a compassionate young man. He has empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he is traumatized. Yes. They're yeah. so traumatized. They're all so yeah. traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> Get and, these I kids mean, some therapy. Marco- the the most naturally suspicious and cynical of the bunch, you know, they've been living in this war now for Months. I think we can assume it's been at least a year since yeah. the first book at this point. So like they have been living in constant drama, constant fear and suspicion for a year. Mm-hmm. And to then just have to turn around and try to trust this rando that is joining your group, like no wonder this is hard. Like Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, the, I think the thing that I, the point that I'm trying to make specifically Mm -hmm. is at the end of the day, uh, David has choices with how he responds to this. 
Yes. Um, and he consistently makes selfish choices. Yeah, well, we see it really soon in the, his choice of morph. Yes. Yeah. And that it that's what's telling. Yes. Like, yes, he didn't have... The, but yeah, like I said, the choices he can make paints a very clear picture. Exactly. Yes. Is, which is why, you know, I come back to, regardless of all the different things that the kids could have done, or the different ways that this could have gone, it was always going to end bad. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because of who David is as a person, specifically. Yeah. But hey, so after all of this being handed over to David to process, but I was just like, oh, well, hey, there's one nice thing. Uh, and that, this is Cassie first, mm -hmm. like, and then it is, uh, Marco that backs up Cassie in this point. And just like those animals, those birds, that was us. We can do this. Um, offers up the book, like, so can you. Cause he could have been like a member of the team without morphing. Mm -hmm. Like, they could have said that, like, Eric's an associate of theirs and doesn't morph. Mm -hmm. Like, but they start rattling through. Yeah, they do give him this choice. Yeah. Um, and I like the ones, like, Cassie gives the dolphin, the skunk, and a wolf. Rachel, elephant, and grizzly. And I like the connotations of the animals they list. Mm-hmm. Like, and the way they think about them. For Cassie, it's her most joyous morph, a very practical one, and the one that sort of come, and her battle morph. Mm -hmm. Rachel, it's both battle morphs. Marco, I like it's. That Marco included the shark. Yeah. Like, especially when he knows what's happened to him. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, that's like his, his greatest fear, basically, mm. in, in a way, is like embodied by a shark. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And then Jake gives the tiger first, but then utility, a fly, mm -hmm. a cockroach, any animal, any size, but only for two hours at a time. You can never stay in more for more than two hours. And then David understandably asks why, and that's when they introduce him to Tobias. Our walking, talking, teachable moment. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, but we gloss right over that. We don't really get to see David meeting Tobias and how he yeah. reacts to Tobias, which is interesting. Uh, uh, I'm making eyes at you, Jen. Um, mm -hmm. I'm there. Uh -huh. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you do this with me right here in front of my G-Doc? In front of my G-Doc, Daniel! <laughs> Am I going to find out in the next two books what you're getting yes. at? Okay. Yes. I'll let it yes. go. You'll find out Monday. <laughs> yes. A fear. Um, uh. <laughs> look, Am America currently isn't letting in travelers from the UK. I'm planning on coming over there as soon as they'll let me off the fucking plane and through customs. I will. F look, I have looked into it. It is not hard to get to where you are, Danielle. <laughs> Jen, I can get to Spain. Don't even. Oh yeah, I know. I'm a hop, skip, and a jump away. <laughs> <sighs> but regardless, um, yeah. um, 
but yeah, so David is staying over at Marco's. Yeah. Uh, he tells us that it's a sleepover. And we get like, Marco gives David his bed. Mm-hmm. Like, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I know that he's feeling guilty about the way he laid stuff out or whether that's just another sign about who Marco is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get the fun detail about how the air mattress has lost all its air by 2 a.m. Yeah, but, like all uh, air mattresses, really. Mm-hmm. But he, because of that, he's able to wake up when David sneaks out of the room. Um, and David's trying to make a call. We just get that good visual of Marco just like putting the uh, buttons, just like mm-hmm. ah. <laughs> Ever heard of caller ID? No, Marco, it's the late 90s. No one has caller ID yet. <laughs> yeah, but, um, and David is determined to call his parents, which Marco kind of understands, though, you know, this is a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they sneak out uh, and they go to a payphone. And Marco's just like, yeah, and then we'll see what happens. This, I swear, I'm going to throw a cat. In the bedroom at this point. <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm just making sure that something. Fine. Do you want to calm down? No? Okay. Uh, there is some potent, and uh, but they go to a, to a payphone near the 7 Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marco lays out some rules. You can call, tell your parents you're all right. Don't tell them who you're with. Don't tell them where you are. And David nods, uh, but Marco's the inside. I don't think he's going to listen and is ready mm-hmm. to like hang up the call at any moment. Mm-hmm. And all I can think of reading this now is that moment in Terminator 2 where um, Terminator is like impersonating John's voice and calls back to his foster home. Mm. It's got that kind of vibe to it. I wonder if it's intentional. I like Terminator 2. But, like, knowing... Marco knows that it's going to be bad, I guess. So, um, but, like, and and David drops some money into the machine. And Marco's like, look, it's going to seem normal. And they're going to tell you to come home. And you just have to refuse and just ask them what happened at the house. Like, just laying it out clearly for David what to do. Mm -hmm. And we get this conversation. Obviously, we only hear David's side of things. Yeah. Um, because he's being asked if he's okay, which he's like, he's not. And he is, when he says what happened and asks his dad, well, those were aliens, right? And he's clearly listening. Um, and Marco can see like the fear on David's face as he's mm-hmm. explained that, he, or he's given the explanation that it was a trick, that he was his dad's guys, guys from his dad's work. Um, and clearly he's about to be asked something because he says, I'm okay, I'm, and then Marco ends the call. And he turns on Marco, furious. Get this yeah, I like he this looked, image. Mm-hmm. He looked eerie in the neon and fluorescent glow from the 7-Eleven. It's not foreboding at all. Mm-hmm. And Marco's just like, look, we, we need, that's time enough, we need to move. And he just shakes off Marco, just like tells him to step off. You don't tell me what to do. And Marco lays it out, just like, you're an idiot. In two minutes, they're going to show up looking for you. They'll trace the call. And they move slightly away. Even like, David's like, no, that wouldn't happen. But they go hide. 
mm-hmm. and it takes less than two minutes. Yeah. And Mark and Mark is just like, hmm? <laughs> and David's insist that this doesn't prove anything, but then David's parents get out and join the search. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get the reveal that uh, uh, David's dad is NSA. Which, you know, just fun thought about the Yerks infiltrating the NSA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no big deal. Fun little bonus of the David yeah. arc. Yeah. But David David basically isn't believing because he's like, look, uh, these are just his, people from his work. He's really worried. He, of course, would be able to trace the call. And he, of course, would have his work buds with him because they're looking for me. Like, they're worried. Um, But then he overhears his dad talking. If we don't find that kid, Visser 3 will make us wish we were dead. Uh, Marco looks at David. David sags uh, enough that Marco thinks that he's going to collapse. And David said, he's coming this way. He'll see us. Uh, And then uh, the party is broken up by Jake in Rhinomorph, who comes (laughs) barreling down the fucking street. And knocks a controller uh, into into the air. Um, basically, we get the reveal that Jake and the others have been taking turns watching Marco's house in case there was any trouble. And they followed them to this place. Um, David's father tries to shoot Jake, but it's a handgun. Doesn't really do much. Um, and we also get the reveal that Marco has been quietly morphing this whole time into Gorilla, uh, and he uh, knocks David's dad out, um, and basically everyone scatters. Uh, The controllers leave because it's a trap. The Animorphs leave because they don't want to stick around in this. Um, And they move David to Jake's house, which is a terrible fucking idea, but I guess it's their only other option, uh, considering... Uh, they can't exactly stay over at Cassie or Rachel's house. Um, Too many questions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, uh, we get the lampshade hung. We didn't have any idea what to do with him long term. He couldn't go home. He couldn't go anywhere. He was a hunted person. And we could not allow him to be caught. Not with what he knew. The yeah. day after he witnessed his father as a controller, we assembled in the woods. Uh and Cassie, Jake, Rachel, and Marco are all carrying two cages. It takes, uh, I think it's one cage, isn't it, that's been divide, divided into. It's got two sections. Gotcha. Yeah, you're right. Um, that, so is there's some, a Merlin and a Golden Eagle. This is just some fucking contrived plot convenience that annoys me, but, you know, I'll let it yeah. slide. Yeah, that Merlin must be fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. It's a quarter of the size of the eagle. Yeah, um, golden eagles are fucking huge. And heavy. They're apparently. so large. Mm-hmm. I just remember, a golden eagle, I don't think they're this big in, you know, real life, but I am having some rescuers down under fields. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot that was a golden eagle. Yeah. <gasps> I, oh. If I now randomly just say something in an Australian accent, I apologize <laughs> because I love Joanna. The <laughs> I love your rescuers. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> so, I forgot that was a golden eagle. A golden eagle has had a very different connotation for me since Animorphs. Yeah. Overruled rescuers, honestly. Yeah. Here, I'm uploading a picture so you can see how large a golden eagle is. Okay, that's, that's big. big. But that's not a small child can ride on its back big. <laughs> Disney, I can't believe you would lie to me like this. Oh, wait. Australian Golden Eagles probably are that big. <laughs> so Australia. Normal rules of biology do not apply. Um, I'm making shit up. Nobody listened to me about anything. Um, but yeah, uh, Jen, I also have... Uh, fucking <laughs> bias against golden eagles yeah. because of the things right. that Tobias says in this chapter. Yeah. Also, I feel like the more you guys talk about this, the more my fear and the starting to guess what happens in the next book. So we should carry on before I inadvertently upset myself. <laughs> uh, so they're carrying birds. They're carrying birds. They, they all meet out in the woods. Uh, Tobias, they meet up with Tobias and Axe. Tobias is like, what the fuck are you doing with a golden eagle over here? Yeah. And <laughs> they're just like, cause they're being released. These are yes. birds that have been patients of Cassie's dad. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, <laughs> when Cassie's like, relax. And he's just like, you're not releasing him in my territory. <laughs> yeah. And Cassie's just like, Tobias, he's only been inside a couple of days. He's got territory in the mountains. You know golden eagles don't like roosting in trees if they can fight a knife cliff, so he's not hanging around. But we can't get any closer because the road back there is washed out. And Tobias is just, like, pissed, even though he always looks pissed because he's a hawk. Yeah. Um, and then he looks at David and is, and then Jake and, like, so what's going on? And David's like, well, David's here, or Jake is like, David's here to acquire his first morph. He's going to be acquiring the Merlin. And David's like, which one is the Merlin? Which, dude, if you couldn't pick this up from context clues, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe he's, like, making a point of wanting them to say it. That's true. Um, but the Merlin so is the much smaller bird. Cassie points out that they're very fast and very agile. Um, and David asks, is it faster than the big one? And Tobias makes a terrible decision and goes off about why he hates, personally, golden eagles. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be a golden eagle, Tobias said. They're jerks. They go after other birds, not to mention anything from a rabbit to a small deer. And I'm not kidding about the deer. I saw a golden eagle take down a young doe, she sank those talons right into the back of her head. Boom, she went down like she'd been shot. And David, of course, says, I want to do the eagle. No hesitation. <laughs> Just immediately in response to hearing that from Tobias says, yep. I want to do the eagle. Yes. I do um, appreciate that there's a beat. Mm -hmm. Everyone's and just Jake's like, like uh, any special reason from Jake? And David's reasoning is like, if I'm in a war, I want to kick butt. It's just like, mm, nah, you heard about an animal that's really good at hurting other animals is what you did. Yeah. Anywho. Um, and Jake I mean, I nods. kind of see this reasoning, though. For yeah. Him. Yes. Like, you know, he doesn't really know what he's getting into to, like, mm -hmm. in any real detail. Like, yeah. you know, I could see 
I mean, the Animorphs at the beginning were the same kind of way. They were like, we need firepower. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, like, a few books mm-hmm. in where they were like, oh, wait, we might need, like, Small seagulls things. and bugs yeah. and mm-hmm. utility, mm-hmm. you know? It's so, like, I-, I get this. Yeah, but, I think so. But I, I do agree the reasoning behind it is yeah. sketch. But Given yeah. that they're going to take him to the zoo to get other animals, like, in a couple mm-hmm. of days, mm-hmm. and they needed him to have a bird because the yeah. mission they're going on is a fact-finding one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. <sighs> I think maybe if they had given him the battle morph first, yeah, he might have been this less inclined be yeah. to yeah. to go immediately for the big strong one because he mm-hmm. right now he feels powerless. Yeah, uh, yeah. but, but yeah. also, mm-hmm. warning sign. Also, warning signs. Yes. Yeah, red flags. Yeah, Jake <laughs> explains, like, it's not always about power. The Golden Eagle's as big as a bald eagle, and we have problems sometimes with Rachel because of that size. And Cassie, like, elaborates on how big that is. It's a seven-foot wingspan. And this is some real passive-aggressive manipulative behavior. Yeah. Which Paul screens that whole discussion about if David were a girl and the way, like, Mm-hmm. society conditions girls to behave mm-hmm. um, but we get this did Jake here tell you all what animals to morph or did you pick them yourselves and Jake just like I'm not telling you what animal to morph <laughs> Jake said calmly but it was that calm voice Jake uses when he's actually starting to get mad David's like okay then I'll morph the eagle and Marco's just like here's an idea how about not being such a jerk we saved you from the yurts. So we've been doing this a while, right? We know what we're talking about. And Jake is the leader of this little group. So how about if you show some respect? And David gets on his high horse and is very sneering. Like, who are you, my father? You don't tell me what to do. No one tells me what to do. As for saving me, <laughs> that's a joke. You wanted the blue box and now you have it. You know what I have? Nothing. That's what I have. Nothing. So thanks. And I don't know what I'd expected from David. I couldn't be a hypocrite. I wasn't thrilled about being an animal at first either. I didn't care about saving the world then. I just cared about my dad not getting hurt anymore. And I guess I didn't really accept it at all until I discovered my mother was a controller. That was when I knew we had to fight. Rachel is fully prepared to weigh in at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and by weigh in, we mean punch him. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, one thing that I just now noticed mm. um, is that what Marco is pointing out here is more is closer to Marco was against fighting until he knew his mom was a controller. Mm-hmm. David already knows his mom is a controller. Yeah. And his dad. And I think what I'm getting from Marco is like, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but also like, why is he dragging his feet now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he already knows the stakes. Yeah. He, like, but does he has, he, yeah, like, I mean, knowing versus understanding a difference. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. He has been told the stakes. He has mm-hmm. not seen. I'm trying to, I'm trying to read David a little more generously than I'm inclined yeah. to because I, I want to just drag him all the time, all day yeah. because he's yeah. the worst. But, but no, I has, think. Other than what he's seen in the last 24 hours, that's not enough to really get a a, a full picture of what is going on. No. And, yeah. and so I do still get the hesitation and the yeah. But I think also, David is right here. 
I think he's right, but he's also the way he's acting. Yes. With the other, he is being manipulative. Yes. Yes. And he's being not, he's not even being aggressive in the way that Rachel gets aggressive. Mm-hmm. Cause this doesn't feel like, if I say this doesn't feel like anger, it feels like aggression. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Like it feels very targeted. Yes. yes. He's pushing like he's, boundaries. Yeah, he doesn't. This doesn't come across as somebody that's frustrated with this situation. This is somebody just like, okay, my life's been fucked up, so I want to fuck something up. Yeah, he's very much feeling out the group and like mm-hmm. seeing, a, getting a feel for who he can push and how far he can push. Oh god, now you said much that. How much of what oh. he wants he can get because yeah. he's a strategist, like mm-hmm. we were saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, stop. he's no. <laughs> this, is the, this is the podcast, Jen. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Look, if you invite me to your sandbox, you can't cry when I make something scary in the sand, okay? <laughs> you gave me the tools in the sand. Yeah. Uh. yeah. But yeah, Rachel is clearly ready to uh do her style of negotiating. <laughs> um but Jake just like not sh- I like that he- all it needs is a little shake of his head and it's a nice callback to Marco doing the same thing in the lunchroom mm-hmm. just like no because yeah, they're all hyper aware of each other yeah they're so yes. clued into each other which just highlights the fact that none of them can get a handle on David mm-hmm. even even stronger except for Cassie except for Cassie but yeah uh, and David's having a little rant mm-hmm. uh I'm just like, oh, you guys think you're so tough and cool, all these battles you've been in all, but now I'm here, the new guy, as usual for me, and you don't like me. Cassie's like, no one doesn't like you. And then David just turns to stare at Marco, just like, he doesn't. I'm not an idiot. Um, And I'm trying not to be judgmental, but God, this next paragraph comes across as whiny. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, And I don't mean to judge that because, like, it is so hard being mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. in places like i'm not an idiot i can tell what people think about me my family moves every couple of years whenever my dad gets transferred i'm always the new kid in school so i've gotten good at telling what people think of me and now here i am in this different school and i'm the new kid so i look maybe you like me maybe you don't like me i don't care i'm here if you use the blue box on me i'm one of you but i'm not going to get pushed around and i'm not going to be all oh thank you wise and wonderful animals for letting me join if i'm in i'm in all the way if not i guess i'll walk away and try to figure out what to do on my own the funny thing was i kind of liked david's little speech i like people who push back when they get pushed i liked the speech i liked the attitude i still didn't like david I love that line because yeah. that's exactly how I was feeling when I was, uh, like I mentioned, I, I listened to the audiobook of this. So I was listening to this little rant and I was like, you know, I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. That's fair that this is valid. Still don't like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there is something. I feel like there's lots of coping mechanisms that we go through in life and I can understand if you're always being new so you learn to watch people yeah you learn but I think and you learn how to deal but you can also get a complex about yourself Mm -hmm. and like 
if you are the kid, and like this is a kid that's probably a little bit, clearly a bit spoiled by his parents Mm -hmm. because he has to move all the time. Because his dad does this job that takes him away. So he gets his kid a BB gun that looks like a real gun. He gets him a Cobra, even though that's illegal in this country. Yeah. And just like add on top of that a certain amount of entitlement about being, you know, a white boy in the Western yep. world. Middle class white boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just like, I don't have what these people have. And now I have even less. Yeah. So... Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that I'm with Marco. It's a good little speech because I said about being self pitying, and it's not. I think it is more like actually pretty objective Mm -hmm. on on the situation. Yeah, but also given we were just saying about how he's pushing people's buttons, Mm -hmm. I think he's like figuring out how to talk to these people. Yes, to get the reaction he wants. Rachel likes it though, because mm-hmm. just like, oh, because he's basically said, if I'm in, I'm all the way in. Yeah. Um, Axe is approaching Tobias, mocking that they can't hear him because he's nearly there already. Um, I love this. Axe arrives and asks, are we going ahead with the Escafil device? Jake hesitates just a split second before saying yes. Uh, and we get the the detail. Rachel gets the blue box out of a a fanny pack. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna and- say it's. A, I read that just like cowards. <laughs> 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 that might be a localization thing, maybe because uh, we do not call them fanny packs here. Right, for obvious reasons. For Obviously, obvious reasons. Yes. But we call them bum bags. So, you know, I don't think we're in a position to judge. <laughs> Just a bum bag. Cause you, yeah, right. But when you think about fanny pack and bum bag, yeah, okay, they are. Yeah. And, uh, it's like the whole difference between was it a booty call and a butt dial. <laughs> like, you know, very different connotations. Yeah. But right. Rachel can work a waist pouch because we know that is the most stylish 90s mm-hmm. available mm-hmm. waist pouch that you can get. Uh, she I pulls out the box and she throws, throws it, it at Axe, who mixes it with his arms, but then immediately like spins around and catches it on his tail blade. Yeah. Which is dope as hell. Very, very indicative of like Andalite physiology, all in like the span of two seconds. Yeah. Um, and Axe is like, this, all right, well, put your hand on it. And Cassie's is like, wait, moment. shouldn't there be some kind of ceremony? And Marco's like, like what? You want us to join hands and sing the Star Spangled Banner? Uh, no, I, I don't know all the reasoning. words Cassie said. We could sing Mbop. <laughs> and that everybody laughs, even David. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm second guessing everything he does. I just like, is he just laughing because all the others are laughing? Mm. <laughs> this is, I have been poisoned. <laughs> I mean, that is genuinely funny. Yes. Even, a, even, even someone who's a manipulative asshole can find something mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but you know, David touches it and experiences the tingling sensation that is the passing of the morphing power to him. Uh, and Marco experiences a flashback. Um, and it's it's not uh written as an extremely traumatic thing, but I definitely get the vibe that he is literally having like a PTSD flashback. Oh yeah. Um. 
Suddenly, I was back in that dark construction site, back with Jake and Rachel and Cassie, with a human Tobias and a dying Elfangor. I barely recognized the person I'd been back then. I had changed. Everything had changed that night. Now David, another kid not very different from any of us, had been dragged into this nightmare reality of great power and greater fear. Maybe I didn't like him, but I felt sorry for him. Uh, and he walks up and shakes David's hand. Um, and Cassie uh, cracks open the cage, the, ball, the golden eagle, and David acquires it. Um, and uh, David's like, all right, well, when do I morph? And Jake's like, soon, but first Cassie take him to get a battle morph. Um, okay. I love this. Let him have whatever morph he wants, but also get him a bug or two in case he has to get small. Whatever it's, more he wants. I really wish we could be with Jake in that moment in his POV. Mm -hmm. Just like his understanding or what his understanding of the situation is. Because I feel like he, no like there was that hesitation, just like, I, this is just occurring to me. So apologies if rambly, but I like the mm -hmm. thought, just like, oh, this kid is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Better here where I can keep an eye on him than uh -huh. anywhere else where I can't. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, we were there in the early books when it was just universally decided that Jake was their leader, right? And he's never had to try to be the leader. He's never had to prove, yeah. you know, his quote-unquote authority. You know, it's, we know he doesn't like to think of it that way, but that's what it is. Yeah. And, you know, so this is this is a new dynamic. This is someone who doesn't automatically yeah. trust Jake like the others do. Um, yeah. And he's having to navigate that for the first time really of actually consciously acting like the leader to, to kind of prove it to, to mm -hmm. David so we'll see that more soon yeah yeah uh, <laughs> the, the next book is a Jake book what do you want yep okay we have fun here we do have fun here <laughs> Just victimizing each other. It's great. Mm -hmm. We all um, take turns. It's fair. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to getting mission. ready for the thing. Hmm? Just mission time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the, these world leaders are coming in. Mm -hmm. um, they've got to figure out which one's the controller, protect the others, find a way to possibly to warn them of the conspiracy. Rachel's been flipping through the brochure for the Marriott Resort um, and how there's uh, like these smaller cottages as well as the main hotel. Marco's on the point out that'll be where the leaders are because probably easier to protect, easier to control. Um, and the main, the rest of their people will probably be in the main hotel. Yep. Um, we have this commenting about like security. Mm -hmm. um, Marco rattling through. Uh, French security, German security, Japanese security. Um, and then we have this little interaction. Um, and Dave's like, ninjas. Yeah, Jackie Chan himself. He's Chinese, not, not Japanese. And like, mm, like that's something being as quick as he is. Mm -hmm. You can see that pushback, which is interesting. He's like, British security and no one say Bond, James Bond, please. Russian security and American Secret Service. FBI and local cops and Jake's just there just like having a headache clearly yeah. Yeah. Like, and then to make things really fun 
There are yurks. How many of the hotels, maids and waiters and pool boys are controllers? Don't know. How many of the Russian, German, British, French, Japanese and US security guys are also controllers? Don't know. All we know is that one of these presidents or prime ministers is a controller. And Cassie's the one that goes, at least one. Mm -hmm. Sorry to interrupt, but it's kind of important. Eric said one of them was a controller. He didn't say for sure that the other five were not. Everyone's just like gaping at Cassie. And Marco observes that it hadn't occurred to him and that it should have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and David brings something useful to the table. Yeah. And he's just like, can I say something? And Rachel's like, sure, if it's not bad news. And he's like, kind of is. Um, and he explains that with uh, the NSA, which they now have a definite access to if they didn't have before, uh, means they've got electronic surveillance, bugging phones, watching people from satellites. Well, it seems like the Yerks can do all these things and more. So probably the entire Marriott resort is being watched. Mm-hmm. So, which has got Rachel kind of on the back foot and Marco observing that nothing scares him more than Rachel being discouraged. Mm-hmm. By the time she starts worrying, any sane, sensible human being is ready to run screaming from the room. Mm-hmm. So, And Jake asks the rhetorical question, we have no choice, do we? And Tobias is like, well, if the Yerks get to the president, uh, we might as well give up. <laughs> uh. And Jake's like, all that security, that's a lot of ways to get shot. Yeah, Rachel agreed. So let's do it. Uh, Jake looks at David and asks if he's ready. David nods, which that is not an informed decision, but okay. Uh, And uh, David is uh, going to morph Eagle for the first time. I hate that they don't say what morph he acquired. I was just going to point that out. You don't need the other morph you acquired at the zoo to be revealed later. It's so yep. like, mm, does Jake know? I assume he does know because he would have asked Cassie to tell him. Uh, no, he doesn't know yet. Oh my god, why? Why would he not uh, ask, though? You would think. Why would wouldn't the, I mean, you just ask? Out of curiosity, I would ask. Not even. Well, out of out of strategy, too, because he's going to have to lead this thing in battle. But, uh... Right, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes. Exactly. I hate this. I yeah, hate but this. he's surprised later. Like, <laughs> I correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, but I'm pretty sure he's yeah, surprised no, later. I think you're right. I'm, I'm going to read this as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> Let me, I want it straight. I'm saying this over and over again. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there, Jade. You'll read it and you'll be like, oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. This is, of course. Like, yeah. there is no other option. Of course. Do you have a guess now? <gasps> Please guess. Think about An- it. We'll, Anaconda. We'll it. Anaconda or some kind of big snake. Okay. Good guess. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Good guess. All right. I hate you both right now. Let's <laughs> 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 focus on this book. Yeah. Does David? Well, I guess he knows they're battle morphs because he saw them at his house, except yeah. for the gorilla. Yeah. So well, he saw he the gorilla saw when uh, In Marco. The yeah. yeah. So he kind of, he already knows what they're. Yep. Oh, sorry. Uh, but anyway, um, so David morphs Eagle. Uh, Cassie coaches him through it. Um, <laughs> we didn't mention earlier back in the Burger King bathroom when Marco was morphing Osprey, uh, the morph did this really gross thing where the his finger bones extended through the skin, uh, before like the skin caught up. Um, obviously it doesn't hurt because it's morphing, but definitely very disturbing to watch happen to your own body. And Marco makes the offhand comment, man, I hope it doesn't do that thing it did the other day. Uh, and of course it does. 
David is screaming. Uh, but Cassie, again, is coaching him through it. Uh, and I really love her coaching him through it because we've seen her do this almost in the other direction, coaching people out of the morph. Um, but Cassie is really good about like talking him through this. Um, and we'll get the opportunity to do it more later. Have we? Is that next? Have we done? We haven't seen the the flea incident yet. No, we haven't. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that happens. I think it happens in this trilogy. Does it? Oh my god. Okay. Ooh, I'm so excited, man. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure much about these books. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. Um. And but yeah, David finishes morphing is now a bird. Um, everyone else morphs, uh, because they are going immediately from this meeting to the mission. Um, but before that happens, uh, so, hmm. so David morphs Eagle and Cassie takes the time to explain thought speak to him. And she asks like, or she tells him like, you can point who you're thought speaking to. And he asks, can you hear this? And Cassie says, yes. See, it's easy. Um, but the eagle's brain is going to kick in. And as that happens, uh, David catches sight of Tobias sitting in the rafters and flies at him with intent to injure, injure at least. Um, but Cassie's very quick. She catches David, just <laughs> yanks him out of the air. Which, like, I have seen, qual- like, really uh, uh, talented uh, bird mm-hmm. rehabilitators do. It's still impressive as hell. I, say, um, I know eagles and, like, other birds are not the most graceful going from flat ground. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, it, like, once you, if you can grab hold of their, like, thighs, essentially, they can't mm-hmm. do shit. <laughs> they, they, they just look at you like what the fuck is happening <laughs> what is this indignity upon me yeah. they is don't that... even really try to bite you very often like I've known some owls will do that they will try to bite your fingers but mm-hmm. all of the hawks and stuff that I've handled they just kind of like look at you like ah I was like, all well I guess this is happening <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like, but like, so Cassie's got a hold of David and Tobias is retreating. He's just like, this is what I mean. Golden eagles, they're all psychos, them and crows and jays and a few other birds I could mention. I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of mice and rabbits to go around. No one needs to be attacking fellow birds. Just <laughs> bless him being all in a flap. <laughs> all a flutter. <laughs> um, but anyway, Cassie's trying to get through to David. Um, just like think now, focus. Your name is David. You're a human. Get a grip. Uh, the eagle's still flapping, still struggling, still caught up in his clothes. Um, even a very large bird can't fly with a girl practically on its back. Mm-hmm. And he calms down slowly and just like, that was weird. He said at last, it was like I was myself, only suddenly there was someone else in my head too. And Axe just like, you get used to it. Oh, you become accustomed to it. When I'm more for human, I often experience the human mind and human instincts, the need for food, for example. It's like, yeah, don't try to get between Axe and a cinnamon bun. Mm. Um, and you're just like, and they're just like, let's, do you want to try flying? Mm-hmm. And Marcus like, yeah, what do you think wings are for? 
Uh, how do I do it? And then Cassie's like, well, first you wait for us to morph and then trust the eagle. Um, and they do, and it's like, we had this observation from like, it was a strange and kind of emotional. It was, sorry, it was strange and kind of emotional watching someone morph for the first time. I don't know how to explain it. It was like, I don't know, like when someone becomes a citizen, you know, when they swear someone in in one minute, he's Chinese or African or Dutch or Mexican or whatever. And the next minute, once he's solemnly sworn or whatever, he's an American, as much an American as any other American. I've always been kind of affected by watching that happen. I mean, my own mother was born in another country. Anyway, that's how I felt now, watching David test out his wings. He was the new Animorph. It was official. He was one of us. And we knew nothing about him, except he had a snake, that he had a snake named Spawn and a cat named Megadeth. Yep. Uh, David is having the time of his life flying. African. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we'll just yeah. gloss over it. Oh, there. African. Af- use of African use of Af- as a nationality. Like, okay. Uh, as, yeah, as a nationality, yeah. But I, I did like the sentiment, though, yeah. of this. Yeah, the sentiment's good. Um, K.A., what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, do better! <laughs> do better! We know you can. Um, David's having the time of his life. Uh, he's uh, exclaiming about how excellent it is. Um, and Marco's getting annoyed just because it's interrupting. He's trying to think. He's trying to, like, plan and think. And he's do trying the to take thing. in everything. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, trying to do his job. Yes. Mm-hmm. Be prepared for anything they could run into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and David just keeps yelling. Yep. And, um, it, mm, I feel like, like, Marco points out, yes, he's being annoying, but I can't really get mad. Flying is the coolest thing in the world. It just is. But he already knows that he can direct stuff. Yeah. And Marco specifically asks him to stop yelling and, like, trying to draw his attention. Because he's specifically saying, like, look at this. Look what I can do. Yeah. Um, and, and trying to draw Marco's attention. And Marco is ignoring him. Makes me wonder mm-hmm. if he's doing this to get Marco's attention, like, this next bit. Yeah. Um, but I think specifically he's trying, He's he's maybe not on purpose. But definitely, at least subconsciously, he's trying to throw Marco off his game. Yeah. Um, and this might not be affecting any of the others because they're flying pretty far apart. Mm-hmm. Um, because so they like, so they don't kick off a bird watcher's fantasy, as uh, yep. Tobias puts it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other birds around. Um, like, Sometimes they move closer together, sometimes apart, but the, the group of them are spread out over across about a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's geese sort of flying above and other birds below, crows, gulls, occasional mm-hmm. hawk. Um, Marco sort of like casually is aware of them, but doesn't mm-hmm. think about it. Uh, the other birds are like giving them a wide berth right. because that's a bird of prey. You don't get up in their business. And then David, who has been very much in his element, him, a human boy, enjoying flying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, content warning here. 
Mm-hmm. This yes. is where the a- violence against animals kicks in. Uh, I'll put a timestamp in. Hey, folks, Danielle from the future here. Uh, this is the content warning for violence against animals. If that is a trigger for you, you're going to want to go ahead and just skip to the next part because we'll be talking about this for the remainder of this episode. Thanks. Okay, go ahead, Jade. He dives down. Um, Marco realizes that his tone sounds different, more excited, more keyed up, which is pretty something considering he was just like whooping and yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but David tears down like a rocket straight towards a crow. And all Marco can do is watch because he's an osprey. He's not going to catch a golden eagle. Uh, only Jake would probably be fast enough, um, with his peregrine falcon morph but he's too far away. But with crystal clear bird of prey vision, um, David strikes out with the eagle's talons. Um, Marco's too far away to hear it. And we just get just one minute. The crow was flying along and the next second it was tumbling. And David catches the breeze again, levels off and swoops back up. And meanwhile, this lifeless crow twirls down through the air, an unbalanced black pinwheel. And Jake is pissed. We know Jake doesn't yell. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't like to lose control of himself. But he is yelling. And I'll, and yells at Dave, like, what are you doing? And Dave is like, um, um, I guess this eagle's brain kind of took over for a minute. I can't believe I just did that. That poor bird. I just lost control. It was possible. It was hard sometimes to control the animal you'd morph. So it was possible that's what had happened. The others certainly bought it. Cassie comforted him. But I have an instinct for lies. Maybe it's because I can lie pretty well when I need to. I know a lie when I hear one. David had killed that crow deliberately in cold blood for absolutely no reason. Do we think the others bought this excuse? Because, I mean, obviously we're reading it from Marco's perspective, but it seems extremely obvious to me that he is bullshitting here. He literally says, yeehaw, I'm doing it. Like, he is using thought speak, referring Mm -hmm. to himself... Yeah, killing yeah. this bird. Like, this is clearly not a loss of control. If Rachel hadn't bought it, she would have called him on it. Yeah. So either she mm-hmm. didn't, either she bought it, because we know Rachel has got lost in morph before. Mm-hmm. And we know how much that scares her. Yeah. I feel like Cassie does buy it because although we know she can manipulate people, she is bad at lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cassie buys it. She also doesn't know David enough to catch him yeah. on his lies. Like, she and can catch the others in their lies. Mm-hmm. But, but she, she doesn't, doesn't know his quite... tales yet. Yeah. And yeah. it's also harder to tell when somebody's in morph and you can't see their face. Or exactly. Their yeah. And I think, too, like, I think it comes down to, like, they're all spread out. I don't think most of them notice what happened you, huh? until after Jake yelled. Yeah. Tobias is already suspicious of golden eagles, so wouldn't question necessarily mm-hmm. a golden eagle brain being a dick. Yeah. Because he he has that ingrained mistrust because of being the hawk. Mm-hmm. Jake might doubt it. 
I think, I think Jake does. I think Jake has questions about it. Like he feels uneasy about it. But I think the others either Rachel might have doubts, but if one, if Jake said to her, Hey, leave it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then she would have. Yeah. So, um, and like we, we as readers are meant to believe Marco. Yes. Um, we, we are meant to, to believe that David did this on purpose in cold blood. Um, and the way that it's written backs that up. Um, the birds of prey don't kill things for play, really. Right. If the eagle right. had taken over, it would have taken the crow to the ground and started eating it. Right. We saw that with Tobias when Tobias mm-hmm. made his first kill. Like yeah. he wasn't paying attention. The bird took over and he took the rat or whatever it was to the ground and started eating it before he could even get control of the morph again. Yeah. Like, like also like the amount of energy they have to expend to do a dive and things yeah. like that and then pull up like a, I feel like a bird of prey acting on instinct is not going to do that on a whim either. Yeah. Is only going to do that when like hungry enough to eat. Yeah. Right. And like, so. it's believable that the ego could do this. Like I said, we've seen this before with Tobias, mm-hmm. but that's not what happened. Right. And David doesn't start quote unquote freaking out about it until after Jake yells. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not he hit the bird and then started yelling. Mm-hmm. It's he hit the bird. The bird tumbles to the ground. He has enough time to stabilize his, stabilize his flight and pull up. Then Jake yells. Then he freaks out. Right. Then he gets called out on it. And then he tries to backtrack and, and cover his ass. I think if Jake hadn't said anything, David wouldn't have said anything. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing of, um, like how they, how they talk about allies in a group need to speak up when people make really gross statements because they're testing the waters in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? They're seeing, is anybody going to object to this? Right. No. Everything okay. that, let, that you let slide becomes okay. Yes. Um, and here David has learned, okay, that's not, they won't accept that. Good to know. Right. File that away for future reference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is, again, this is part of the hard left turn that mm, David yeah. has to make in order for us to be fully on board with the Animorphs. Um, because otherwise it gets really muddied and like maybe for like a young adult or an, or an ad- adult book would be okay to wrestle with. And like KA usually is really good about allowing their readers to wrestle with these really complex things. We saw that with like Aftran, for instance. Um, but here you definitely get the sense that they want, they want this to be crystal clear. <laughs> Because we're not just talking about an enemy. We're talking about another kid. Another 13-year-old. So...